Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Gary on gun, Scott Van Kirk on board, and uh, we finally got... Childish. So <laughs> childish. At least, at least he's not disassembling these. Uh, I didn't and, bring the and, right screwdriver. Foiled <laughs> <laughs> your disassembly fetish. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a loose screw. Uh, but anyway, uh, at least uh, this segment of the program won't revolve around uh, Scott mm, nice. taking things apart. Yeah, I worked oh. that in there, uh, and I'm ashamed of it. Also, Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station, Station location. location. Yes, where you do not want to go in and order the Scott Van Kirk discount. No, no, that's oh. retail plus 25%. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Although, he pulled a different one on me earlier in the week, so. Oh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a new format. So, he's got, we've got a bunch of revolvers to talk about because Larry acquired a bunch of revolvers recently. Yeah. And really so, cool he texts stuff. me pictures of all of these revolvers because I've gotten more into revolver shooting of late. And it worked because you came right in and you bought one. <laughs> <laughs> direct marketing. Yes. Boy, you're direct marketing we call me. that target marketing. Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. There was definitely a target on me. Yeah. So I get oh, yeah. there and uh, so he's, I get there and he's, you know, he's got these, he's got the fake prices or what we call the Scott Van Kirk prices up. Now, this is the new tactic. So I come in and I look at all of them and, you know, I've worked for Larry a little bit. So he just lets me behind the counter because I'm a quasi employee. Plus they were pretty busy at the time. Yeah. And I'm looking at all the revolvers and I'm looking at them. And I'm looking at them. And I'm looking at them. And I finally have decided that I have to have one of these things. You know, happy birthday to me. I knew it when he showed up, but yeah, <laughs> it only took him a couple minutes to figure it out. Yeah. I figured out which one I wanted and then. <laughs> And Larry hits me with a with a one price deal, and I'm like, oh yeah, look at that! I'm getting a deal from Larry. You're not supposed to talk about that, Scott. Oh yeah, except it was my reputation. Yeah, except it wasn't a deal. Oh, it was a good deal because he had the fake price up there. No, no. So I get so I get the deal. <laughs> what I think is the deal, and he's got the other two guys who work for the shop. He's already pimped them. You know, they're the straight men in this whole deal. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's really a good deal. Wow, that's, I mean, oh, wow, if I knew that, I would have probably bought it. And that's a great deal. And they're just pumping me up, right? And pretty soon I'm walking out of there. You got a good deal on with that a, Yeah, with, you know, my wallet significantly lighter. <laughs> you, are, you are welcome. You are welcome. Well, thank you for making me feel like I got a deal there. <laughs> 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 Little silent mark up there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we got a Smith and Wesson, uh, the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. So this is a beautiful Smith and Wesson model twenty nine. Have I seen that? We have the. That. Uh, it's the twenty nine dash two. So it's a traditional Smith steel frame revolver, all black finish, night sight on it. Uh, no, this one is this is the Wiley clap. This is the uh, adjustable rear sight and night sights. Oh, it is night sight. Yeah. Okay, night sight front, front front bead on it. A beautiful. Um, this is a, a three inch, forty four magnum. Um, would be so much fun to shoot on the range with some forty four specials through there. Some light loads. It'd be just a comes with, a joy. Comes with Packmeyer grips already installed. It doesn't. Um, and yeah, we're talking three dot, an adjustable rear, night sights, uh, exposed hammer gun. Wow. Yeah, can be shot double or single action. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. It's, that's not. Oh. Whoa. 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 What? Whoa, this is the... Wait, where did... I don't remember this one. <laughs> oh, my... So, revolvers have been tough to get. Um, you know, the, the manufacturers have been working on major production, uh, high-demand, 9-millimeter, high-capacity stuff. And we haven't seen new Smith & Wesson revolvers for a very long time. We're getting some options to get some of these. The guns I all brought in today, they're all used guns that we did some trading on. 
And um, so we've got a couple of 44s, a couple of 357s. What kind of holster did I get for this? Oh, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he's <laughs> already sold it. Man, you're doing really, oh, really this, good there, this Larry. This double action trigger is insane. Yeah, it is. It is I'm getting, so smooth. Like, Super weird on this. So this revolver. one we've got priced at <laughs> nine nine forty five for the used gun again from Smith and Wesson. It's the um, twenty nine ten, the Bounty Hunter um, with L- adjustable listen, light sights. Listen to this, folks. That's oh. that's double action. Nice, so smooth. You know, you can oh. feel how smooth that is on the radio. You that, could. That's amazing. You can be well, sitting in your yes. Here's the thing. Scott's got this nervous tick. If he can't disassemble it, he just keeps squeezing the trigger. Well, mm-hmm. That's what you do with revolvers. Just keep playing. And playing. <laughs> playing. And playing. Oh, my God. So, with this gun, all, oh, all oh. steel, three-inch, going to be a great, great range gun. Per- certainly a great um, backcountry uh, bear, right. bear, you know, up, up to uh, bear defense. Yeah, snake gun, um, bear gun, um, bad guys in the woods gun. Yeah, just, uh, you know this gun? Would do it all. They would do it all, yeah. yeah. You know, Scott, you probably ought to... You probably ought to have that. There's, well, you I, deserve nice things. In your Scott. Collection. I do deserve nice yeah. things. <laughs> well, after you after can... we look at this one, I've also got its lightweight brother, the uh, the model three twenty nine, which is a, a lightweight alloy frame two inch forty four magnum. Now this one is set up as double action only. the The guy I bought it from sent it out to a gunsmith, had the hammer bobbed. Had the, um, the the trigger worked? It is very very smooth double action, again with uh, with night sight on it and uh, adjustable rear. It is a beautiful lightweight revolver. We held this side by side with a, a five round J frame Smith and Wesson. I think it's the same weight. Oh yeah, yeah. It oh, is yeah. ridiculously yeah. light. Oh yeah, the grip is really nice. Beautiful They're rosewood pretty. grips on this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which yeah. I'd have to immediately take off and replace with something else, but that's fine. Because um, I can't, I can't have pretty things that I carry around. Because these, they would, you know, less than a week, scratch. Oh, yeah, yeah dented. Yeah. It wouldn't work for me. But I would keep them in case I ever resold it. Oh, so this is so we had two guns so far. Yeah, that I have to yeah. buy. Ooh, let me uh, let me point out that if you're at all interested, you, you can to go be- to the Facebook page, Gary on Guns. We've got photographs of these uh, that are up. And you can take a look. I was going to point out if you're at all interested in any of these, you better be waiting at Modern Arm. <laughs> <laughs> we do open at uh, like 10 after 10 today. We'll yeah. be right over there with them. By the way, um, you, you may have noticed that uh, Brian Hansen hasn't been posting anything on Facebook, uh, either at Gary on Guns or the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, and he's not doing it because he's in Facebook hell. Yes, he's in Facebook jail. Aww. He did. Yeah. He posted a meme. Don't tell it on the air. They'll take us off the air. What was it four years ago, Brian? <laughs> Five years ago? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, back in 2018 when I posted uh, what I did. It was a cartoon. It was a and it just thing. caught up with him last There's week. no statute of limitations on that no, stuff. No, no. Terrible Apparently cartoon, not. too. <laughs> it was a cartoon, for crying out loud. Don't talk and about it on the air. They'll take us off the air. No, 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 no. Zimmer, uh, no, the, we, don't, uh, we don't do that here. We we're politically incorrect. I'm just talking about the FCC. Yeah, no, no, they won't take <laughs> us Face, off. Facebook's either. not in charge of that yet, are they? Uh, <laughs> well, unless we, show, unless we show Scott's face, in, in which case uh, we're off the air. All right, let's move on. You got a Ruger here, 357. Yes. Nice. So an all stainless steel. Um, this one's set up as double action only. It's the Ruger SP-101. 
Uh, this is a, a two and a half inch barrel, I believe. Yeah, where they sell that two and some two and some change. Yeah, um, two, it might be two and a quarter, but two five and a- five shot three fifty seven the double action revolver. Nice weight to this gun. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more fun to shoot than a very very light three fifty seven. Um, good good trigger on it. Feel that? Yeah, yeah. smooth. Huh? Now this one I could take apart. Yeah, don't. Okay, okay thanks. Really, so um, <laughs> no, I could because I have one of these and yeah. it comes apart without any tools. That's true. Um, so I have one of these. So if anyone wants this one, you won't have to compete with me. Okay, that's good. They're, they're not in a bidding war already. Yeah. For that's years, good. this was my vest gun when I was a cop. Okay, nice. Yeah, I carried this gun on my vest. And uh, amazingly reliable. The, one of the really neat features of the Ruger series of the, the SPs and the GPs and even the modern Red Hawks and stuff like that is you can actually disassemble these very much like a semi-automatic and give them a very good and thorough cleaning because they're actually broken down into, like, the trigger group is one whole group. If you just barely look at the finish, you can see where it rotates down off of it. You can remove the both the crane and the cylinder and the hammer assembly. And I then, did not know that. Oh, yeah, they come right. Completely I, feels terrible. So I, when you're carrying it in your vest, mm-hmm. you can monthly go through sure. it and and yeah. get all the dust bunnies out, get it get yeah. it fully serviced and tuned. Nice. Yeah, yeah there's, a spe- there's a little, underneath the grips, there's a, a little hollowed out spot where there's a little takedown pin okay. that allows you to cock the hammer, slide that in, and then the uh, spring never... Take all the spring tension out. Spring I've, tension I've seen off. that part in there, and I've, yeah. I've never, oh, yeah. never, yeah, yeah. never and taken them apart. this comes right off, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, Larry, let's leave this one assembled. Yeah, let's let's not encourage I mean, Scott. I should do a <laughs> thorough inspection Parts will be it. rolling across the floor. <laughs> yeah, the beautiful thing about it is if you lose any parts, you just get a hold of Ruger and they will overnight them to you. That's true. Um, not, I'm not is that speak- the voice of experience? It is the voice yeah. of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, all the more reason to be really careful, Larry. Watch him. Yeah. Uh, great great gun, home. though. I mean, obviously, I endorse that one fully because I own one. I have, I've owned one since, like, 94. Yeah, and you'll yeah. never wear a stainless Ruger out. No. I mean, that, that gun is just built for hard use, and it's, it's going to last for lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Well, as they say on TV, but wait. There's more. Okay, so yeah, but we'll, I, we'll get we'll get to more. The, the, we'll, it's we'll the get, coolest hold, gun. Hold, hold yeah. it! Hold <laughs> oh man! Hold it! I'm we're excited get, about it. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to more right after some important messages. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Speaking of polite, no, no, no. We're gonna talk about Scott Van Kirk first. Scott Van Kirk is with us, uh, former law enforcement uh, firearms trainer and. And revolver enthusiast. <laughs> and, and he apparently has a, a couple of other uh, symptoms of mental illness. But anyway, he is with us, and so is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And we got a Smith & Wesson. Model 327, chambered in 357, which is an eight-shot in frame, a large uh, large. Large revolver. Um, it weighs uh, only only twenty two point six ounces. It is feather light and takes moon clips. And takes moon clips, so you can um, you can do a very fast eight round reload just by dropping a new moon clip into it. It is got a great trigger on it. I can hear that. And it, <laughs> beautiful lightweight. Again, <laughs> lighter than a, a five shot J frame. Oh, yeah. um, the model six forty two yeah. weighs the same amount. I almost need to buy this because I just need to know how, how fast I can shoot eight rounds <laughs> into a target using this gun. Just set the timer up and go. Yeah. Oh. It, uh, it is it is a, a very short barrel. Uh, what is the barrel length on these? Um, 
one point two, two inches. Two inches. Two, two, right at two inches. I was looking at the Smith and uh, Wesson site to get that correct. So. I was going to go one and seven eighths. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd have been wrong again. <laughs> one and eight eighths. You'd have been wrong but, again. Um, yeah, beautiful. Um, you know, tune trigger, uh, great revolver. Uh, priced at at twelve seventy five. Uh, it is a very clean used gun. Again, with beautiful rosewood grips, uh, black alloy frame. A, um, a silver, uh, a matte silver cylinder and and barrel. So it is a beautiful revolver. Got pictures up at the the Facebook site. So if you're interested at all, uh, come and see us at Modern Arms. We'll be over there selling guns all afternoon. It's crazy. So I need uh, three of these. Okay. This one I don't need because I already have one. Is there anything? You else? actually got one of the Smith and Wesson? No, I have the Ruger 101. Oh. But the Smiths. Wow. So kind of need. If you just had to pick one. Oh, don't. Don't do that to me. Okay, we'll buy all three. (laughs) God, honestly, I would have to buy at least two out of the three. Nice. Yeah. If I had any any money. Well, well, you you, you might have had more if if he hadn't uh, sold you those other revolvers. Well, and let let me talk just briefly about the other revolver that I did buy. I bought it. The the other revolver you bought? I bought a Kimber K6S. Yes. 357 Magnum. Which is a slim six shot. Shot. Uh, and takes up this again. I, I always reference the Smith and Wesson J frame. It's, it's right. uh, something that a lot of people are familiar with. It's the same size as that, Pretty same much. thickness, but yeah. with six rounds. Yeah, and it is the trigger on it is ridiculous. It's really nice. It's, be, it's best gun, Kimber. I was glad you bought that one quick because I thought I might have to own that. You one. saw me coming on that one. Yeah, you you direct marketing. Yeah, because I'm working on it. It's, I'm uh, I'm about ninety percent there on a holster. Okay. I got some new grips coming in next week. Nice. Um, I got to do some more research on speed loaders. And but that one's going to the range by Monday, and just I'll just send you targets. So there. did you get all of these from one? Uh, no, we got a couple different buyers. That because it looks a couple like every one of these triggers have... is really really crisp. And well, I'm you know, thinking they're all. Uh, yeah, this, this, these uh, this these all came from two different uh, two different customers that were selling guns. Uh, we do love to buy, sell, and trade. Always uh, always a buyer on uh, on good resellable merchandise. So if anybody's wanting yeah. to. Uh, you know, change the game, get something, get a different toy, um, bring your bring your old stuff in. I'll be happy to uh, take a look and possibly make you an offer. And if you if you manage to work your way into uh, Modern Arms at the Brown Station location sometime today, and you find Scott Van Kirk behind the counter wearing out the trigger, <laughs> oh, I can't wear these triggers out. Uh, you might want to just jump on this and buy them quickly. Boy, yeah. I'm telling you, you want to be there at ten o'clock. So it's hard to get revolvers now, huh? Well, you know, during the um, the, the shutdowns and, and through all through COVID, uh, Smith and Wesson revolvers and, and and Ruger revolvers evaporated. The mm-hmm. the the existing stock of them sold, and I believe the manufacturers were just focusing on the high demand, high capacity semi-autos. Um, yeah. We're seeing a few float in now, but it's it's small numbers and and certainly narrow catalog selections. Nowhere near can we get every model made as it was in years ago. Well, the last time I saw revolvers, because I know I bought two of them, um, was at Modern Arms, and I think the two that I bought then were used. Yeah, probably well over a year ago. <laughs> now, the, the good news about uh, buying used guns from us is, uh, you know, we we guarantee them to be proper. We stand behind them because you can't stand in front of them. If it's not fully operational as the manufacturer designed, I'll buy the gun back um, because we give them a, a physical when we when we buy them, give them a you know visual inspection. But I don't have the luxury of test firing the guns. Well, she uh, could, you could have called me on all of these, and I would have test fired them. And you, prob- <laughs> you probably <laughs> would have ended up selling another one. <laughs> we, we might You're tough not to crack there, Scott. Yeah. Uh, wow. 
Uh, Mike asks a question. He says, or he asks, what is a good option to put on an AR to deflect the noise away from the shooter without going through the suppressor process and cost? Uh, my AR pistol is really loud. I'm glad you finished with the last part there, the AR pistol. I was going to suggest uh, there are some muzzle brake devices, uh, I'm sorry, some, some comp devices um, that direct some of that blast forward away from the shooter's ear and not horizontally uh, or even just like the birdcage flash hiders. Mm -hmm. But on the AR pistol, because of the short barrel lengths, it's extremely hard to, to, to get an effective muzzle device to reduce the, the sound signature at the shooter's ear short of going through the silencer process. But that's become really, really easy. Uh, back in uh, January, we started filing through ATF e-forms. We're getting approvals back in the 90 to 120-day range now. So it's no longer that 8 to 12-month you know, extended uh, delivery time that we were dealing, that we were selling this time last year. Now we're selling 90 to 120 day delivery on your silencer with a $200 tax pay transfer. I don't know how you go wrong with that. Let me, uh, let me get Barb on the line uh, and see what's, uh, what's on her mind. Barb, welcome to Gary on Guns. What's up? Good morning. I wanted to ask Larry if he'd been able to get his hands on the Israeli Gilboa snake yet. Uh, it's not one I'm familiar with. Um, again, what it's, it's Israeli made. What is the model? Gilboa. Gilboa. Snake. Yeah, it's not one I've even become aware of. But um, okay. Well, I called the store once. Somebody else answered, and they said your supplier didn't have it in yet. It should be about six months, and it's been probably about that long since I called. It's a uh, double barrel rifle. Okay, yeah, it's the uh, it's the mated um, uh, uh, AR-15 um, that's got two barrels, two magazines, and uh, one trigger assembly. Well, that's cool. Gilboa. As, as opposed to the Rocky Gilboa, <laughs> which, which packs quite a punch, but uh, you can't get. All right, Barb, thank you for the call. Glad to have you and carry on guns. Uh, all right, so uh, in just a few minutes... Uh, we will have a conversation with Dr. John Lott about the shooting in Texas. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Larry Whalen on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Oh, boy. Oh, Brown Station <laughs> man, location. Oh, man, oh, man. Yep. And then uh, Scott Van Kirk is with us, former law enforcement and a uh, firearms trainer. Um, Newsweek, uh, another terrible tragedy occurred on Tuesday. With the attack on Robb Elementary School in Texas with 19 elementary school students slain. President Biden was right when he said Tuesday night that Americans have had enough. Unfortunately, his proposals won't solve the problem. Uh, John Lott is the author of this, and he is with us. Dr. John Lott, More Guns, Less Crime. But his website, uh, crimeresearch.org, is a resource that we use here all the time. Uh, John, welcome to the program. We're glad to have you on board. You know, you were talking about the Buffalo shooter, and he said in his manifesto that he would be looking or that it would be better to find a place where there's no guns allowed? Right. Well, I mean, he's not alone. A lot of these mass public shooters, uh, they may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. Their goal is to try to kill as many people as possible, and they know if they go to a place where... People aren't allowed to defend themselves. They're going to be more successful in doing it. And 
the Buffalo shooter, like many other ones in the past, was very explicit that his ideal target would be one where permanent concealed handguns are banned. And if he couldn't have, didn't have a place like that, he said uh, the next best choice is where the probability that somebody would have it would be essentially near zero. You know, uh, a lot of the gun control people say, okay, well, it may be that the, uh, you know, the regular citizens there were not carrying guns, but um, there was an armed guard there. Uh, and something that I've tried to point out many times, there's a huge difference between having a uniformed armed guard, somebody who's readily identifiable as having a gun, and and civilians being able to have uh, permanently concealed handguns. That uh, this murderer, the Buffalo murderer, had uh, cased the grocery store before the attack. He knew that there was a guard there. He knew where the person was. And if you're going to do the attack uh, and you think that there's one uniformed guard that has a gun and he will be the only person that's armed, who do you go after first? Because once you go and kill that guard uh, or incapacitate him, then you know that you're going to have free reign to go after other people that are there. And so, you know, uh, this attack that you mentioned on Tuesday at the school in Texas, uh, you know, it was another place where guns were banned. Uh, 30% of the schools in Texas have armed teachers and staff. Um, nationwide, there are 20 states that have armed teachers and staff. So you're talking about thousands of schools. And uh, one thing is clear. Uh, we put out a study looking at all times that guns were fired on school property from 2000 on. And what we found is that all the attacks that occurred where anybody was injured in any way or killed all occurred at places where teachers and staff weren't allowed to carry, that um, that no one uh, attacked any of the students or school grounds uh, when anybody, when teachers and staff were actually carrying guns there. And, you know, I think it makes a difference whether or not you have a sign in front of the school that says the school is a gun-free zone or you have a, a sign that says warning, uh, select teachers and staff will be carrying concealed handguns and will use them to protect the students and others that are here. I, I think it makes a, a big difference in terms of deterring these individuals because in their nutty minds, their goal is to kill as many people as possible and the faster that you can get somebody there with a gun, uh, the more you're going to be able to prevent that from happening and the more you take away um, the gain that they perceive that they may get from media publicity. Before I turn this over to Scott to ask a question, I want to talk about a statement that I keep hearing about mass shootings and mass killings, and it, they, it only happens here in the United States. Uh, allegedly, it doesn't happen in other countries. Where do we stand on well, this? You know, well, we put out reports on that uh, using very detailed data from uh, the University of Maryland uh, uh, database that's there. And uh, what you find is that the United States is not in the top 10, it's not in the top 20, it's not in the top 40 or 50 uh, in terms of the per capita rate of these attacks. You know, one thing people have to recognize is the United States has 330 million people in it or over that. 
And uh, you can't compare it to other countries just in terms of the total number of attacks compared to, let's say, a country with 5 million or 10 million or 20 million or 30 million people. Um, there are mo- multiple countries. You know, it's kind of like saying, well, I would compare uh, the total murders in Texas versus the total murders in Rhode Island. Uh, nobody would do something like that. You'd want to go and say, well, what's the murder rate in Texas? You know, murders per 100,000 people uh, versus the murder rate in Rhode Island or Wyoming. Uh, But yet somehow people want to make that type of comparison uh, with regard to mass public shootings and not adjust for the fact that we have 330 million people here. I mean, you have lots of countries in Europe that have had uh, bad mass public shootings. In fact, if you just compare the Europe and the United States, uh, the two worst mass public shootings were in Europe. You have uh, the concert shooting in Paris in 2015 where 130 people were killed. And, of course, France has extremely strict gun control laws. I mean, semi-automatic guns are essentially banned in the country. Um, it takes a year to go through the psychological screening tests and what have you in order to uh, possibly get approved to even own a, a manually loaded long gun. And uh, uh, the second worst mass public shooting is also in in Europe. Uh, in Norway, uh, a decade ago, you had uh, the killer there that uh, if you ignore the bombing deaths that he had uh, and just look at the deaths from uh, gunfire, uh, he killed 67 people and wounded 110 others. So, um, you know, uh, on a per capita rate, you have lots of countries in Europe that have higher uh, rates than what we have in the United States. Uh, they have school shootings. Uh, Finland and German, Germany's had several big uh, school shootings uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, Russia has had uh, the worst mass public uh, school shooting that I know of. Um, and uh, uh, and it has multiple ones over time, too. So, you know, uh, you have to take those types of things into account. And I think uh, once you get outside of Europe, then you really start getting high numbers and high rates of mass public shootings uh, per capita. Um, but for some, you know, the media doesn't cover those as much, and even when they do cover them, they'll get like one brief news story in the back of a newspaper. Uh, it's not the week-long coverage uh, or weeks-long coverage that you get from cases in the United States, and part of that's understandable. Um, you know, we're in the United States. An event that happens in the United States, it's understandable that it gets more coverage. But, uh you know, there are a few of the cases that uh, overseas that get coverage for various reasons, like the uh, New Zealand mosque shooter. But you know, And the reason why he got coverage was because he was classified as a right-winger, even though he was he labeled himself as an environmentalist socialist. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, few people would know that within 24 hours of the, of the New Zealand shooter, there was a big school shooting in Brazil. Uh, and that there was a mass public shooting in the Netherlands. All right. If you just turned the radio on, Dr. John Lott is with us. We're talking about uh, guns, uh, crime, uh, the the errant statistics you hear from mainstream media. Uh, and uh, what's happening here is we're coming up on a break. 
John, can you hang on for a quick break here? Sure. You know, just a a fast thing, you know, in response to the first thing you mentioned, that is there is something we can do about these attacks, and that is get rid of the gun-free zones that we have. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, And then uh, we've got uh, Scott Van Kirk and uh, Larry Whalen from Modern Arms, the Brown Station location on board, uh, with their questions as well. You're listening to Gary on Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you on Carry on Guns. Larry Wayland is with us. Modern Arms. At the Brown Brown Station Station location. location. There you go. And then uh, Scott Van Kirk is on board with us as well. Dr. John Lott. uh, We're talking about the shooting in Texas. Uh, Scott, have you got a question for uh, Dr. Lott? What? Uh, sure. John, I was wondering, we're, we're going to hear the, uh, in fact, I think we're already hearing that it's time for another assault weapons ban, and they're touting statistics that supposedly support their position that we need to reenact it, as supposedly it was so successful. Have you got anything that speaks to that? Well, I mean, people can go to our website at crimeresearch.org. We go through the numbers, uh, what happened during the previous assault weapons ban, uh, there was essentially no, there was no change in the number of attacks uh, using so-called assault weapons uh, from the 10 years before to the 10 years during the, during the ban. Uh, but you know, if uh, if the assault weapons ban is going to be somehow credited with uh, reducing uh, the number of uh, assault attacks that were occurring, uh, what you should see is that the percentage of mass public shootings using assault weapons should have fallen uh, during the ban period. Uh, that's the only way it's going to reduce the total uh, is if the percent, you know, it's the total is being driven down because you have a larger drop in, uh, in the attacks using assault weapons. And in fact, the opposite happened. The percent of mass public shootings involved, involved in these uh, attacks actually went up. Uh, if you compare the 10 years before the ban, the 10 years of the ban, and the 10 years after, uh, it goes up when the ban was in effect, and it went down afterwards. And look, there's been lots and lots of academic studies uh, that have been published on this, and uh, what you find consistently is that uh, uh, you know even studies paid for by the Clinton administration, which signed the bills bill into law haven't been able to find a benefit in terms of any types of crime or in terms of mass public shootings. And one of the ironies is uh, Biden went up to Buffalo, New York, after the attack there, and uh, calling for an assault weapons ban, saying that that was needed to stop those types of attacks. But I'm sure you know uh, New York already has uh, an assault weapons ban, uh, it has one that's even stricter than the federal one that uh, Biden touts as being so useful and important. And yet, you know, the person bought uh, a, a gun that was compliant with New York state law uh, when he engaged in the attack. Of course, he had gotten some machine tools and stuff in order to uh, adjust the gun. You know, bizarrely, the reason why he picked, if you read his uh, manifesto, the reason why he picked the gun that he did was because he said it was going to upset people more. Uh, and he talked about how his attack uh, was likely to lead for more calls for gun control. Um, so, I mean, that's not unusual. There's a number of these mass public shooters, um, the one in Dayton, Ohio, the one in El Paso, Texas, uh, and, of course, uh, the New Zealand mosque shooter are just some that come to mind who left statements saying that they hoped or believed 
that their uh, attacks would go and lead to greater uh, calls for gun control and enactment of gun control. Larry? You know, I, I just wish that our recently defunct uh, Ministry of, of Truth would uh, <laughs> would access John Lott's data and, and fact check um, all the lies coming out of Washington because that's all we're hearing from our from our elected representatives is the you know the fact that they, they think they need to legislate um, legal gun owners more more restrictively. And you know the the data and the stats that all the work that you've done, John, to to disprove that the legislative actions have any of the desired effects. I, I just you know kind of wish the the Ministry of Truth would fact check some of our uh, elected officials. Well, thanks. <clears throat> well, you know it's not just me. Uh, uh, you should have uh, Nikki Gozer on sometime. Uh, she just had a piece on Friday with uh, Congressman Thomas Massey about some of the false claims about red flag laws that uh, people should uh, be knowledgeable about, too. But look, uh, one of the things that's most frustrating with uh, this discussion, I've been engaged in it for over 20 years now, is that uh, when you have one of these attacks, uh, you have calls for different types of gun control. And, you know, it's you wish the media was at least slightly more critical in terms of evaluating. So the big law that has been pushed more than anything else after these attacks is these background checks on private transfers of guns. And, uh, you know, uh, I wish somebody could point to one single mass public shooting this century that would have been stopped if, uh, if such a law had been in effect federally and had been perfectly enforced, because I, I don't see any, and I don't see them pointing to any of these cases. Uh, you know, just one. Um, but, you know, it's my own belief is that the reason why they push some of these laws, like the background checks on private transfers, is completely unrelated to stopping these attacks. I think that they just want to make it as costly as possible for people to be able to go and own guns. So in Washington, D.C., where they uh, are voting on this stuff, uh, they already have uh, that type of law. It costs $125 for somebody to privately transfer a gun to somebody else. And just to give you an idea how it's purposely set up just to make it as costly as possible for people to have guns. Let's say, Larry, you or I were, you and I were in D.C., and I'm going to go and give you four guns. Uh, you would think it's just John giving Larry uh, four guns. So one person giving it to one other person, just one background check, because the same person is getting all the guns from one person. Well, no, they don't do that. They require uh, that you have to have a separate background check done on each gun. And so the cost for transferring those guns would be $500. But, I mean, that's not unique. You see this in many other states, California and other states that have these types of laws. New York uh, requires separate checks on each gun that's going to be transferred. And, you know, it's really no logical explanation for that other than they just want to make it costly uh, for people to do it. And it's just it's kind of illogical, too. Um, you know, they claim that these background checks help reduce crime. I, I disagree. But uh, let's say you believe that's the case. If Do you want somebody to actually go out of their way to do the background check? Well, if you do, why make them have to pay $125 to do that? Do you think that that's going to encourage them to do it? 
who who do you think you're stopping from being owned oh. by guns? It's the yep. people that my research indicate benefit the most from owning guns. Poor uh, uh, right. blacks who are most likely victims of crime. The ones who would most need to be able to defend themselves. Dr. John Lott, crimeresearch.org. Please donate. He does a lot of great work. John, thank you for getting up at Dark 30 and coming on the program with us today. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem.